Welcome to episode 103 of We Going In Presents, where I'm joined by Breeze Everflow and legendary MC. Whether we're talking about his illustrious battle career, solo career, or being a member of Stronghold. On November 24th, Breeze dropped his latest project, Deep Breeze 2, produced entirely by Deep of Two Hungry Bros, who came on the pod for episode 99. So Breeze, first off, just thank you so much for making time for We Going In Presents and, and being on the pod. It's great to catch up with you. Catching up with you too, man. Thank you for having me again. I appreciate it. Of course, man. You know, with Deep Breeze 2 being out um, a little over a week at this point, you know, so far, what's the reaction been like? You know, how's it doing so far? Um, It's been pretty good. I saw a nice bump in like the weekly stats from like the Apple Music, like compared to like my normal. Um, and so it, it looks like it, it actually is getting out there a lot faster than I would even expect with just the little uh, marketing as we were able to put into it. Uh, this is just grassroots, like at its core, and just us using our social media pages and people seeing things pop up in their, you know, previously played lists as new releases. Like whatever, whatever algorithms are out there doing their thing, like it's, it's getting it to the people. But it's, uh, it's kind of cool. And we've been sitting on this project for like years. So really, um, it, it has been about time that we uh, got this on digital. We did it vinyl. Um, six songs from the project came out on vinyl about two and a half, three years ago. So what led to you to, to get it out on, on the digital streaming platforms? Well, we just figured we'd put it out there for anybody that'd be interested in wanting to hear it. Like, you know, I think I'm, I'm sure that uh, Deep wouldn't disagree with this. Like, he's definitely in it for the art as much as he is to get his music out there, you know, Definitely, he's deserving of success because he's got a vibe like no other. Um, so um, either way, we want to make sure that people can hear it, that people can vibe to it, because if not, it's just music that's sitting around on our hard drives. Right, right. And there, and there, there comes this time, right, where things just sit for so long. It's almost like you can't really put it out anymore <laughs> because it sat for so long. I mean, I, I've fallen victim to that. Like, have you fallen victim to that where you've had just some great music, but it just it never seemed like the right time? And then all of a sudden you're like, it's too late to put this out. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. I, I offloaded a bunch of that about 20 years ago. And that was like back during my most prolific era, like just recording all the time. Um, but I put out this joint called the Unearthed Past, which just has like a, a, a huge collection of those kind of odds and ends, mix it all these different studios. Each song got a different level to it. Like it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Man, but those are the best, those are the best projects. Cause you really get to see what that artistic journey is like for, for the, for the MC, you know, especially when you think about not, not just recording in one place or with one producer, you get to really hear different styles and sounds, you know, within one artist's music. Yeah. Man, it's, it's good. It's a, it's, it's a fun bit, to, a bunch of odds and ends, that's for sure. Like, I'd, 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 I'd highly recommend it if you're one of those people with an ear for that 90s boom bap. Like, there's definitely a bunch of that, but it's all over the place. I mean, you know, I, I love those kinds of projects where, like, nothing – really connects but they do connect or it's like a concept <laughs> album i either want it totally connected or not connected at all like i don't like anything yeah. in, in between both yeah for sure it's good too to hear man that the algorithm is working for you what do you attribute some of those bumps in listens and streams to over you know just over the years like 
when you see bumps like over a week's time or a month's time like what do you what do you attribute a lot of those bumps to um i i think it's just the um the algorithm just logging into the user's preferences and being like okay you've listened to this guy once or twice before let, let me put this on your radar mm. let me creep this into your your shuffle and see if it pulls you up no doubt man you know Taking it to the first song off a of deep breeze to one side, you really address rap being after 50 and the criticism you get, not just from others, but also possibly that internal dialogue, that criticism from yourself, <laughs> like, <laughs> like such a great way to start, man. But I'm like wondering what inspired that, that line, man. And like, what, what were you feeling, you know, when, when you spit that? Um, I was feeling, um, just that at that I moment. Oh, good job, man. All right, cool. What do you want to do? Sorry about that, man. Man, just uh, wrapped up uh, some of his uh, homeschool stuff. Yeah, this up. Thank you. <laughs> no I'm doubt. talking to somebody right now. I'm in an interview. Yeah, I think I think he was in one of our previous interviews a couple of years ago too, man. So we got to keep that consistency going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you. Last time we talked, you were cleaning out your garage. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, it was. It yeah. Was. Was <laughs> yeah, man. Well, you know, fast forward. I'm back in uh, New York. Um, and definitely in an apartment a lot smaller than that house in Florida, that's for sure. Are you are you missing Florida versus New York? Are you happy to be back in the city? Like, how how's that transition going? It's it's got its ups and downs, you know. But you know, nothing beats the convenience of uh, and and not just the convenience, the convenience and the diversity of New York City to me so far on my travels and my journeys. That's awesome. I've seen a lot of places and a lot of this country, but like. Coming back home was like sweet, you know. And there was already a lot of transitions going on at that time, so it was like, if I'm going to go through all these like personal changes, I want to do it in the city that raised me. Mm. Are you able to connect more too with like with a lot of the friends you had, you know, like um, back in the 2000s, and that you that you collaborated with, but also just saw like you know at the different different venues that maybe you might've lost touch with going to Florida? Not as of yet. Like going out has been like um, definitely tough to like get to all the spots and especially during the week when things are popping off. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, at this point with my responsibilities, like it's just a little different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not that so freedom. Getting to back where up you want. Yeah. No, I was primarily like just focusing on, you know, getting on my grind, like, had an opportunity that offered me relocation. So I took advantage of that, but I definitely wanted to, you know, establish myself up here um, in my work. And so um, I was able to do some of that. So it was just a lot of focus on work and then also focus on personal life to just get everything situated um, for the most part. And then just recently started like dipping my toes back in mm. a little bit here and there. But, 
mainly going to a lot of shows. Like that's what I spent a lot of the last year doing it. And, and most of it was not hip hop. Although I did do a lot of the hip hop 50 events over the summer. Um, a lot of it was just like dance and jazz and singers and theater, like just really, you know, trying to find like inspiration from different sources. Cause I'm, I'm hoping to, you know, build up that outlet again and, uh, you know, get back to work on something. Yeah, no, I, 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 I would love that, man, just to, to get more music. You know, I'm a fan. What's it like going to shows Appreciate to, it. like, as a fan, not necessarily as an artist or someone looking to collaborate with people or, you know, putting this, this project out, but just going as a fan to enjoy the music? Like, what what's that perspective like for you? Um it's it's me getting in, in in touch with the part of me that kind of fell in love with this all over again like that that was the cool part over the summer like being a true true fan to the people on stage performing like you know losing my mind like feeling like i'm in high school again mm. it was it was absolutely amazing man and and just to give in to that moment and not feel like oh i should be up there like there was none of that there's, there's nothing but reverence from me for all these people who, you know, basically like were the soundtrack to my developmental years. That's amazing. I would not be who I am without them. So that I I, I think I enjoyed true fandom over this summer, seeing that many legends together in so many small venues and large venues or outdoor venues. Like it was, it was awesome. That's awesome. And how do you balance, man? I was going to ask you this later, but it's a good time for this question now is just how do you balance, you know, looking at being an artist versus versus a dad versus having a job versus all the responsibilities that just come with life um, while also, you know, still still loving music, wanting to make music, but knowing like like we're talking about, like there's only 24 hours in a day and a lot of that time you can't just spend going out on a Wednesday night because there's a you know because you want to like uh-huh. um yeah. so h- how do you look at you know just balancing everything uh with your art um the, the art has suffered i mean there's no other way to put it right like there there are times when it can thrive then there are other times when um you know survival takes precedence um and uh recent years have been more of the survival takes precedence, you know, mm-hmm. just because of all the personal adjustments that were going on. So, you know, a, a, a lot of that, um, it, a lot of times some of the, the shows were also like just a form of like distraction and just like an escape from like the, uh, the grind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I'd, I'd like, appreciate more like anything that I'm not used to so that I can really be, you know, distracted by it. Um, and just learn something new and be exposed to something different. But I just, you know, just, just needed those kind of breaks. So I think I've been in absorb art mode, but not really ready for output. Mm. No, that, that, that makes sense, man. You know, going back to one side, 
you know, when we if we go back to the 2000s, Jay-Z turning 40 was like this monumental moment in hip hop where like everyone's like, he's 40, he's too old, he's not relevant. Like that was a, a, a really big criticism that fans were levying against Jay. And now, I mean, he just turned 54 now. Like, do you think age matters as much today as it might have in the, the, the early mid 2000s? Um, it depends on how far you got. Um, <laughs> cause I'm definitely plateauing at points, um, because of that factor, right? Like, um, and I'm, and I'm happy that I've already built like a, a, a pretty decent platform throughout the years that I can just stay here and I'm happy with that. Right. Yeah. Um, actually like flattered like I'm, I'm like shit like somebody wants to listen to it cool like this is awesome um because at this point again still not dependent on that to have to carry me through my my day-to-day that's that's what my job is for for anyone trying to break through that's where i think you're going to run into some opposition but it, it's it's not relegated to music like 50 is a tough time period because, you know, you are working with peers in their 20s dependent on the type of organization you're in, right? Or 30s at least, right? Because there's a, a, a lot of really sharp 30-year-olds who have started early uh, climbing towards whatever it is they wanted to get to. So, um, so you feel that. You feel that heat. Like, you feel it. You feel, like nipping at your heels and you got all this experience and that's what's keeping everything at bay and keeping you where you are. Right. Um, but as you go for new opportunities, like depending on the organization, they're looking at longevity and they're like, their bias might, might come to the hiring process. Mm. And so this is a, this is just a, it's something that I'm hearing spoken about more now as the conversation of diversity, equity, and inclusion continues. But what needs or could be addressed more is the ageism factor. Yeah. And it, it, it doesn't mean the person doesn't have the ability. It's just like companies like worried about commitment levels and worried about the you know amount of output um they're not worried about the uh the uh the technical know-how right like they've got all these biases that they're coming to the door with they're comparing like you know <laughs> their bandits like the when they used to go to their uh grandmas and have to program stuff for them and whatnot right but i got i got college students that i'm walking through google docs so it's like those stereotypes couldn't be, be more false about like young, younger generation versus older generations. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I don't, it's not just the music industry. Like it's, it's, it's a bigger conversation. It's everywhere. So trying to break through to that level, like it's one thing to get in there and, you know, maybe uh, you get a viral video. Cause I think that's a part of the process now. Anyhow, um, <laughs> and then you can like flip a single off of that and maybe eat off a couple of other ones afterwards. Right. Like that's, that's, that's one way to do it. And an older person could have just almost as fair shot as 
a younger person, depending on how they've been messaging social media. Um, so there, there's chances, but I mean, like, it, I, I do not see any, like, large-scale marketing coming for any older individuals mm. that are trying to get into this music. Thing. And yeah. not even, like, mid, mid-level marketing. Like, it's, I, I just, you really need some kind of viral runaway, you know, 15 minutes of fame kind of moment and then see what you can do from there. Or Which, get that movie soundtrack, like Coolio jumped on that, like, took him to that next level, but he was already at a certain level when that jumped off. So it's almost like you got to have a certain level kind of already established if you're going to be able to go a little further. And if you want to try, especially right now, and especially considering like those factors. And then also like, you know, it depends on what you want to do with your appearance also. Like there's a lot of dyed beards in mainstream hip hop. Yes. And it's starting to look a little weird. No, no doubt, man. So, I mean, when you look at that, is your focus really on catering and, 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 and working to the fans you you have and the fans who love that classic boom bap or you know are you also looking at um adding new fans and real like how, how do you look at who you make music for in your audience today um i'm kind of speaking to anybody who's kind of paying attention to things as they are and anybody interested in uh, some slice of life you know um and um, enjoys a little wit here and there. I think that's a that's a pretty broad audience, but it's also a very particular case. Um, and uh, without that pressure of, of you know having to to have a hit or a win or something like that, it just gives me the uh, the opportunity to just have a good time with it and touch on a whole variety of different topics and themes and um so yeah like I I, I I i i get the biggest mix of like reactions and responses from people it's like such a diverse group but uh you know so that's why it's hard to pin it down it's like young old like i've been really fortunate and, and thankful to have found like my niche that's really cool because that, that leads in nice to my next question too, man. You know, where, you know, you talk about your legacy a bit on one side. Like, what do you want the Breeze Everflow and legacy to be in hip hop? Um, I think it, it's just one of those little everyman stories that um, people might come across and be like, oh, this is interesting. Um, because it's really about how this culture gave me the tools I needed to survive, essentially, um, in a lot of ways. You know, I was a, a, a fatherless child born in the 70s um, here in New York. Um, and so there were definitely like some insecurities I was working through on my way up, but 
you know, the sense of empowerment I got from this art form, like the, the, what it gave me. Like, I think that's really the legacy. It's like uh, uh, a, uh, a fan who's really thankful that this came about and just wanted to contribute to it in a way that honors what it did for him. So, yeah. And, and like I said, somebody stumbled across it and be like, oh, man, wow. And they just understand, like, the, the impact of what was created right here, you know, out of what was going on in the city. For sure, man. That, that, that's awesome, man. You know, um, the wordplay, man, and the, just the delivery are just ridiculous throughout Deep Breeze, too, man. You know, like, what goes into really that that breeze wordplay, man, and how you develop and like sustain that over time? You know, that's a good question. Um, part of it is um, there's like all these preset patterns that I've had for the longest time. Um, and so for me, it's like, it's partially a fight against using those too much and then using them perfectly when called for. So trying to pull back on some of those patterns that if you've listened to me long enough, you might even be able to predict like where I'm going. Um, cause I never wanted to be one of those kind of rappers anyway. Um, so now I'm trying to break those up a little bit more deliberately um, and really trying to give a lot of thought to where I'm leading the listener throughout the segment that I'm working on. So if it's 16 bars, like I, I'm, I'm there in concept by the time I finish penning the fourth bar to try to carry out things a little bit further than normal. And then I think a couple of times I was able to carry a rhyme scheme through the entire verse on the project, which is also something that I've found is a really effective tool in um, building out a point over a long period of time, but also leading the listener in a really rhythmic way um, that just makes it aesthetically pleasing. Because the other thing I, I like is that I, I want to be that kind of person that's putting out stuff on the low now, but if somebody would just throw it on in the mix of a bunch of other stuff, people would be like, Oh, what's that? Mm. <laughs> and so there's a, there's also a universal approach that, you know, was developed from when I first started rhyming. Like I, I came up in a studio in the Bronx with my man Cassius Clay Mack, who was teaching me song structure, four bar intros, eight bar chorus, 16 bar verse, eight bar chorus, 16 bar verse, eight bar chorus, bridge, 16 bar verse, out, or one more chorus, or four bars and out. Like, it was like, it was, it was math. So I learned to write to math when I started writing. Um, and that's just that, that old Motown um, theory around writing that's just been applied to so much of popular music that people are programmed to it. So it's also some working of the program to keep it 
consistent with what people are used to listening to also while breaking that from time to time. What I like about deep speech is they often break the programmed patterns. And so it forces me to have to do something different, which is good because sometimes I need to push. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I love the variety of beats. I mean, you hear that the talent and everything that, that Deep is doing, whether it's working with you, FU, or, or, you know, his compilations, instrumental projects. So, like, what is it about working with Deep that brings out the best in you? He loves it. He's a, he's a fan also. Like, he, he, he sincerely uh, appreciates the art form. Um, and, uh, and through his work, he pays homage to it as well, you know. So when you meet somebody with that kind of sensibility and it's very similar, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a no-brainer. Because um, then it, I know, it, 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 you get that enthusiasm, you get that feedback loop where you're talking about the work as it goes along. Um, and it's like genuine interest. Like sometimes you get beats from producers who are too cool for school for some conversation around it, right? Or um, other times it's like, um, there's just not enough output from the other person to match where you might be at. And that's the other thing about Deep. Um, Deep's output is ridiculous. Like he could sit down with a stack of records and like, He's he he he'll rumple still skin that bitch. Be a pile of records after that. Like he he's 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 magnificent when it comes to output. So as my ideas are sparking, like he can hit me with like ten beats at a time until like we find things that that stick to the concept of what we're working on. And he's a comic book fan too. Let me not forget that. I think that's another level we connected on like way back when. Um, and so he's put me on to a lot of like comic related things um, throughout the years. And um, I think it's fun that we did a whole cosmic Marvel album together not too long ago. <laughs> like, so we can have fun. I think that's another big thing. Like, you have fun with somebody too, and you like respect them as a person and respect them as a father. Um, I, I just think he's just good people. Like, those are also the kind of people that I, I, I enjoy working with, you know, where you could build that relationship on, on multiple different levels. But um, it comes through in the music. I, I, I strongly believe that. And going back to those comic book, book roots of yours too, man. I mean, I know you and Deep gotta love Ground Up, man. I mean, th those those are some great Marvel references there, man. Was that was that a fun song to write? <laughs> yeah. Um, like I said, I, I could do that all day, like all day. Um, but that, yeah, we. It's another thing we connected on Transformers, also. So, yeah, right up the alley, right there. <laughs> that's awesome do you think fans catch those references too like do you get do you get feedback from fans like do you think sometimes your lyrics um and and punchlines go over people's heads like you know how, how do you how do you think fans are listening um the the ones who, that it doesn't go over their heads like they respond extremely well for the others like i said there's still a, a rhythmic content where they can listen contently although they might not get it um so cool, at least it's technically proficient. 
But um, I aim for over the head. Like, I don't want to be, as I I had been considered in the past, like, I I was an MC's favorite MC. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm shooting for a level that if, if you don't get it all, that, that's cool. But for those who do, they need to be up on Jeopardy. <laughs> no doubt. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm dropping a lot of references. Um, and um, I expect a lot of it to go over people's heads. No doubt, man. You know, I love too the punchline, you know, stomp like poison pen, man, because, you know, that that was such a great pen song, man, going back to, to his archives, too, man. But also just a shout out, you know, and, and that stronghold connection there, man. So I, I appreciated that one a lot. It, it, the beat had that energy. And when I thought of the image, like, I just think of pen stomping around on stage. And like, honestly, I, I, I've never seen anybody do that more effectively. Ever. Ever. Like it's a presence. Like it's a, it's a, it's like a signature move. Like, <laughs> like, like there was signature moves built into our, our video game characters. Like that will be his. Uh one of them, right? And so powerful. So I needed like I wanted a reference that was like strong and I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that image just came in mind. And you can't teach that kind of stage presence, can you? I mean, you, that, that, that's something you kind of, you can get better, but you have to have a certain personality, a cer- certain skills, right, to, to be able to do what Penn does well. Yeah. And, and you know, on the, on, the, on the flip side of that, you, you, you've had to been through a certain amount. You've had to, you know, paid a certain amount of dues. Like, you, you had to put yourself out there. Um, and so, like, everything that he's worked on throughout his entire life, you can feel it come through when his foot comes down. Um, and so, unless you're ready to carry on other stuff, like, it's going to be really hard to replicate something like that. Man, so, you know, you've seen, you know, New York, all of the the New York, um, you know, spots, you know, for open mics, you know, like 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 you talked about, and a lot of t- a lot of folks talked about in the PH book, you know, for every pen, there's a hundred people who shouldn't be on stage, man. What's some of the worst stuff you've seen on stage, whether at open mics or performances? <laughs> <laughs> you can't talk about the I'm best without hitting the worst. All the way back, I, I got to say um, me, but second to me would have been the dude I was I was trying to get at. I was at FIT back in like the 91 or, or 1990, and I just started rhyming like a year before that. And um, there was this dude rapping in, the, in, the, in a party at FIT, and I was like, oh, this dude's trash. And I called him out. I was like, you trash. And he was like, you want to battle? And I was like, yeah. Um, it's like a scene from a movie, the way it replays in my mind. I'm sure it probably went a little different. But either way, I got my hand on the mic and started getting at him. Um, and my shit was trash. So the whole crowd in FIT, the entire party booed me. Uh, <laughs> I remember <laughs> I was sitting by the door, waiting to leave. And this... <laughs> 
You told me what's up. Like, damn, you still here? If I was you, I would have been left. <laughs> he walked off, and I just felt like shit. Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I went and did my lyrical push-ups. <laughs> I got my Rocky montage up. Um, and don't you know, like about three or four months later, we was back up at another party at FIT. Homeboy was on the mic again. Um, but this time I got him. Uh, but I didn't get him on the mic. I got him on the on the stairs in front of a crowd of people after that. But service was done. Man, you know, sometimes that feedback too is how we get better, right? For sure. For sure. Um, but other than that, like, I mean, Honestly, I think anybody who steps up there and is brave enough to stand in front of that crowd and make an attempt is deserving of some kind of praise and love, man, because that's not an easy thing, you know? Right. I mean, some of the, the worst things, I think, are those who get up there and then forget that the people in the crowd are the reason that they're up there. And then they start acting all pompous and talk down to people like, those are some of the the worst things but i've seen that in all sorts of venues when it comes to underground or even unfortunately a lot in the mainstream mm. um just those that those ugly characteristics um so for the most part like i said on the open mic circuit and stuff like most of those people like it i just give it up to them to put themselves out there i was there i, I, <laughs> I had to do a lot of work um to get as confident as i feel nowadays um, in those settings, but uh, I give it up from starting somewhere. Yeah, much respect, man. It's a, it's a lot easier to criticize those getting on stage than to actually do it. Um, yeah. You know, going back to Ground Up, you know, the song that, that has so many great Mar Marvel references, you know, you also on that song really embrace being from the underground, which not everyone always does. You know, where does that love for the underground really come from, underground hip hop? Um, it was like mid nineties counterculture, right? Um, it was like the, 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 the second time that the, um, hip hop, the, the, the punk scene, which was still alive at that point, there was a lot of overlap there. Now that was one of the furthest recent overlaps. There was more overlap between hip hop and the emerging poetry scene that was coming out of the village. Um, there was also a lot of overlap between hip hop and then all these media outlets that were just starting to key in on just how popular this could be as a marketing tool before it just became marketing one on one, right? Um, so there was a it was a it was an electric place to be here in New York. Um, towards the end of the nineties, the different tech outlets started setting up in new york and started putting this stuff out on the interwebs they're feeling for content from all over so there was a lot of opportunities there also so that 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 whole time period was like the, the perfect place to be in underground hip-hop because it was like counterculture it was like a cool place to be it was where you see the emerging movie stars and cool people hanging out and like all these weird diverse people and crowds um the vibe was pretty chill for the most part you felt safe um and um there was a uh depending on the venue like you know there were certain quality checks so you knew what you were getting 
on the way in. Like you knew what type of vibe it was going to be uh, before you even got there, depending on the promoter, because you know who they roll with. Um, and it was everywhere. It was all over the place. You know, that was another thing that was uh, so amazing about it. So um, to be a part of that culture, to be a part of that in crowd with that group, like that's a, a level of social status that, that very few may ever experience in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think it's one thing to maybe go from zero to a hundred, right? You go viral and all of a sudden, like you're on the next level and you're enjoying that life. But this level here is like, uh, it's a different kind of connection with the fans. It's way more organic and, and connected. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing. So that's why I'm always going to stay true to that, that, that feeling, that root of it. Because, yeah. You and FU have really collaborated on each other's projects and, you know, looking at, you know, deep as the, the common factor between you guys, what's it been like, you know, working with FU on Respectfully FU, but also having them come over to, to your project on Nephilim Fossils? I mean, it, 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 it was an easy exchange right there because, I mean, his, his verse was amazing on that Nephilim Fossils joint. Like, oh, my God, he took it to another level. Like, he's not on the album version that came out on, on vinyl. Um, but when we were putting together this, the digital version, we wanted to add more tracks and, um, we were able to add him on then and he came through and that's just, you know, like I said, I still haven't met him face to face. I was hoping to meet him this past weekend, but unfortunately something came up. Um, but it's just my respect for his, his artistry. Like that was, the verse was like, it was, it was magnificently conceptualized um and so out of respect for art like i'll i'll i'm almost always going to get down if the artistry is dope regardless of who it is like i gotta respect you as an artist first no doubt man and what is the the breeze writing process like today man like when you sit down to really to 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 zero in and focus on on writing verses man what's that writing process like when I have the time to to get some focus work in, like um, I'm sitting down with um, a paper and a pad, like I'm, I'm going pre-digital with the process for the most part. And then um, I'm putting together, I'm putting together concepts and sometimes it'll start with an idea and then i'll just build a song around that idea um so like that last song heard on the on the ep and something like it's totally a theme song it's cheesy there's no curses um but i'm like why not um because it's a fun concept and so the concept will come out and i'll write within the confines of that concept also so doing a lot of that as well as part of the process no doubt. So, so you know, um, before I ask you, you know, what's coming up for you, man? You know, you were a key voice, man, in the the rock, rock, rock on the the Robert PhDs story, the book that came out um, last year that really showcases PH's life. You know, from when he was a child through everything he accomplished in hip hop. 
you know, in your opinion, man, why is a book on pH important, man? And what do you want fans to remember about pH? You know, honestly, um, I, I, I think it's the same that I, I had to say about me. And, and, there's, and it, with him, it was even truer. Like, you, you want to see somebody who really loved this art form and really appreciated what it did for his life and, and, and uh, you know, dedicated himself, like, fully, um, like, fully, fully um, to, to, to adding on um, and um, just consistently showing love to other people in the game. Um, man. It's 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 a story that again magnifies like just how impactful this thing that was born here with us is, um, but then shows like what what you can do with it or what can be done with it, um, and hopefully inspire others to to do the same. You know, like like we, we need more people thinking in in the ways that Th thought and just his thought patterns alone, like. I'm sure there's some connection that if you were to like listen to certain MCs, the way they put thoughts together and the way it gets your brain working, that it may make you more efficient in some area of your life. I, I guarantee it. And if he was one of those people that was digging in and listening and getting everything he was saying, because that brother could get complex. Um, it's doing something for you as well. So it's worthy. It's worthy of attention. No doubt. You should know the story. Yeah. No, I appreciate you sharing that, man. That's that. That's that's amazing. And, you know, finally, Breeze. You know, what what are what are you looking to do? You know, twenty twenty three is coming to a close. You know, um, in twenty twenty four, what what's on the docket for you, man? In terms of what you want to accomplish, whether it's just in life or, or music, you know, wherever. Um. I'd like to finally do a podcast. Nice. Yeah, I'm, 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 I want to. I want to get into the commentator seat for a little bit, but um, <laughs> that'd be amazing. I don't want to totally like get away from it, but I do want. I do that. There's just so much I want to comment on, um, and I keep talking to myself about it. And I have all these different angles in my head, but I just want to go ahead and do it, whether it's hip hop related or whether it's professional. That's the part that's kind of up in the air for me right now, but um, I'm, I'm definitely uh, looking forward to the opportunity to, to to share some perspective. That's awesome, man! You're Without like, having to run. <laughs> <laughs> any any new music? Do you, do you have any new music on the horizon at this point, or is that something that might might uh, might not be there in the in the immediate future? Yeah, I'm not stressed yet. Like I, I did a count of how much stuff is floating out on the streaming stuff. I, I got like over like 300 songs like on these services that'll just like keep kicking one person to another song to another song. So they're ping ponging all over my 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 songs, and so it, it I'm good for right now. <laughs> but I do hope to be inspired soon. Like I'm, I, you know, I have fun when I'm doing it, um, and I enjoy it. Put out a record not too long ago with this. Um, singer from Toronto named Graf for this project for Brazil, which came out on their uh, day of um, Black Consciousness, November 20th. Um, so I'll be doing like things like that from time to time, like just 
popping out with something or just put out a single just for the fun of it. But um, I don't think there's anything big on the horizon. 